0: Welcome to Insurance Talk with Sheree Martinin, Rex Lisser, and our special guest, Ed Martinin, who is a professional in human resources, or PHR. Today, we are talking about that fun subject again that no one will shut up about, but it's all we can talk about is COVID-19.
1: Woohoo! Woohoo! <laughs> <laughs> Everybody's so excited to hear about it. But we do have some great information today that I think you're going to want to hear and, and, and listen to. Because it, it might help you form some policies within your business that could make it easier to transition back into the workplace and maybe um, prevent somebody from suing you.
0: <laughs> you know, we're really lucky. We've been able to work from home pretty seamlessly. Yep. We have like a few tasks that need to be completed every single day in person at our office. But besides that, most of our staff has been home. So we've been nice and safe, but there's a lot of staff who are not in that type of working dynamic or who work in close quarters. So I think we probably split it up and talk about maybe more office style work and then maybe more in person. I know you guys had a good discussion with one of our clients on their fire camp. Yes.
1: Yeah. It so. was exciting. Yeah, it was scary. you know, what? what to do, what can you do, what shouldn't you do? And so Ed has been working in human resources for the last nine years. And by the way, Ed has joined our staff. We're very thrilled to have Ed on the staff here at Bancorp Insurance. He's a great addition. He's energetic. He's smart. And he's going to bring a different perspective, I think, to the business. I'm an old insurance dog. and But, you know, somebody that's new, a little bit different outlook on the world, you know, looking at it from um, the point of view of business, from a human resources point of view, is going to be
0: good. I would say he's worked with Risk for a long time, just risk on the human resources side, trying to keep everyone safe and keep everyone under control. And we're just wanted to kind of touch on that because it's something we're getting a lot of questions on. People don't know what to do. So, Ed, I'll let you go.
2: Yes. The first thing I want to caveat on this is the laws and regulations in regards to what an employer can't do and what they can do is changing very rapidly. So, It seems like every single week there's some new guidance, new regulations out about what employers should be doing, what they can't do. So I just want to highlight some of the bigger topics in regards to the questions that I'm seeing and being discussed around employers and bringing employees back to the work site. So the first thing is temperature checks. Everybody's saying, well, can I check people's temperatures or do I need to have them check their own temperature? One of the things we found out in March was that um, the EEOC actually said employers you can check temperatures of employees so that's a significant change so the first thing is as employers you can check temperatures but how do you do that and how do you stay safe so you don't get a lawsuit against you against from an employee who's saying I'm being discriminated against or you didn't keep my medical information private because you were checking my temperature in front of a line of 50 other employees so there's a lot of things you need to think about In regards to taking temperature, there are a lot of companies that are deciding that they're going to have employees take their temperature when they're at home and just self-report if they have a fever. They're going to self-report and say, hey, I'm not going to come into work today because I have a fever. Other employers are deciding that they're going to have a designated individual somewhere stationed before they get into the facility where they're going to take the temperature. And there's risks both ways when you do that. One being, if you are having employees self-report, how do you know they're taking their temperature? Right? There's that risk. Secondly, the risk of you actually taking their temperature. Well, now you are potentially one, exposing an employee to sick employees, right? Secondly, you're also now in charge of keeping that medical information private. So, one thing I would stress is don't have your employees in a line in front of the door. You know, like in the old days when everybody would be in front of the punch clock, right? They'd come up and everybody would just punch one after another. Well, don't have your employees in a line. And be taking their temperature right, because and saying everyone, things like, Whoa, whoa you're, you're, you're a little hot
1: day there. <laughs> yeah, I think you should go you,
0: home. If you've got everybody going to the right and then one person shoots off to I'm the, the left, yeah, everyone it's in that department's going to be freaking out.
2: Yeah. So. <laughs> exactly. So that's just some <laughs> guidance I would give on that is don't do that, but weigh the pros and cons of having people take their temperature at home, have, having a designated person take temperatures.
0: You know, they even have machines to do it now. We've had advertisements even into our inbox saying, hey, you have this device. It's either stands on its own or sits on a table and it can scan temperatures as employees walk by. So there's technology
2: out there. Mm-hmm. The next thing I would say is taking temperature is one thing, but having a plan in place for when there is somebody who has a fever or somebody shows up and has a fever, right? So what do you do? Just just having, we're going to take temperatures, now now what do you do? Do you have to notify people? Do you have, how long are they out of the workplace? Do they have to go get tested? Can they get tested? All those things need to be talked about and discussed prior to implementing a plan for just taking temperatures.
1: On top of that, I believe we, as employers now, have to give two weeks sick leave to anybody who
2: shows up sick?
1: Mm -hmm. That is correct. and They don't have to test positive
2: for no, so they could there's contract tracers. So if a contract tracer contact traced them down to being possibly being exposed, right? And they were informed by the local or state health authority and said, you know you just need to quarantine yourself, that would that would apply. You could have two weeks worth off. So there's different coverages for that as well. So if you have it, if you don't have it, but you think you have it, or if somebody told you you may have been exposed to it, that all qualifies for time off during this pandemic.
0: Fun stuff, guys. Yeah.
2: (laughs) Okay, what else uh, do you got for us? Okay, so another thing I want to discuss is in regards to, say, somebody tests positive, right? And they have, they've been diagnosed with COVID-19. Or they have an elevated temperature. So how do you return that employee back into the work environment, right? This is where I think a lot of employers are going to get themselves in trouble. Because what potentially could happen is you could discriminate against that employee if you release information or let information get leaked out about why that individual might not be at work, right? Everybody knows rumor mill starts going around at work. So there's a lot of things you need to do in regards to returning that person to work. And right now, what guidance we're seeing is that a lot of employers were saying, well, I need a medical certificate from a doctor saying that this person no longer has the virus. Well, as we know, it's very hard to get tested, as well as a lot of the medical facilities, emergency rooms, and clinics are overloaded or overwhelmed. And so employers need to be really flexible in regards to getting some sort of proof to bring back this employee. And so just relying on a doctor's note, that might not be something you can do right now. So you need to look into different ways, right? It might just be talking to that employee and feeling comfortable and saying, hey, you were out this long, and now if you're coming back, can we work here from home? There's a lot of things to discuss with that employee prior to just demanding they have a doctor's note. So I would be very cautious in regards to just saying doctor's note or bust before you can come back.
0: That makes sense.
2: Yeah, it's, it's kind of scary when a doctor, in order to get a doctor's note,
1: you have to go back into the clinic where this bug is. Mm-hmm. We know that's, you know, where's
2: the best place to get a bug is eh, probably at the hospital. Or
0: daycare at this point. (laughs) I don't know.
2: (laughs) And then, you know, the last thing I would say, and I brought this up at the very beginning, is you really need to stay plugged in and follow the guidance from your state, local, and federal authorities in regards to this. It's changing so rapidly. So what you're doing one week might change significantly because there are a lot of bills being passed. One thing I've been doing is every single week just going into the local health authority and saying, you know, what are their recommendations now? What should we, we be doing now? So those are the things I would stay plugged into because it's just changing so quickly.
0: So I know even with our own office, we're starting to come back in. Things that we're looking at are face masks, hand sanitizer. Where is it? Do we have enough of it? <laughs> Wiping down everything. What what do we have? Do we have enough Clorox bleach wipes? Or are we using
1: more of a bleach bucket? Do we let anybody in the building besides the employees?
0: Yeah, is it something where maybe we only do by appointment only, or we're only having employees and everything else is over the phone, just like it has been? Even screens. So I know a lot of retail facilities now have the clear plastic screens, and we're even doing that to try to keep our employees safe. So what physical stuff do you have to think of, too? It's kind of a moving target, I think, but it's just something to think about.
2: Yeah, so... I would say in regards to having protocols for what sort of protective equipment you have your staff wear, that should be discussed early on prior to bringing employees back and really getting their buy-in on it. Because this is a really tricky subject in regards to can you force them to wear certain things and can you force them not to wear certain things. So in regards to OSHA, right, there's the general duty to keep your employees safe. And so if you're you're a hospital, right, and you have a receptionist, if you're going to have sick people coming in wanting to get tested for COVID-19, your general duty to keep them safe might be having them wear a face shield and a face mask and gloves, right? That might be different for an insurance agent who works in an office and takes f- calls on the phone. Requiring them to wear a face mask and a face shield and gloves might be a little ridiculous, right? So Maybe a
0: little overkill.
2: Exactly. It's all going to depend on your occupation. And once again, I would steer you over to your state and local guidelines in regards to requirements and what they're recommending. They have a list of different occupations as well as different businesses like restaurants. Recommend this is what you do in regards to protecting your employees, protecting the customers, and spacing out your environment, right? So all that stuff is easily accessible for people, and I would encourage them to go to it because it's going to be unique based on everybody's different business and how they operate.
0: Rex, do you have anything else to add? Like are any insurance companies putting anything out there that's amazing?
1: I haven't seen anything that's amazing. It's pretty much basically people are going through this one step at a time. And nobody and even old people like me have never been through anything like this before. It's, um, it's been 100 years since we've had a pandemic. And in that 100 years, the world has changed. 100 years ago, we were just starting to have automobiles and telephones. And they had just learned to fly. And now we have a whole <laughs> different world where we're, where we're doing this step by step. You know, it's like looking for landmines with your foot. You never know when when you're going to step on one. People are going to try things. Some things are going to work. Some things aren't. Almost everybody who's doing this has everybody's best interests at heart, and just hope that uh, we can do it well enough so that we can get through this with everybody being healthy and as healthy as they possibly can be at the end of it.
0: All right, Ed. Do you have anything else to add?
2: I would just mention one other thing in regards to workers' comp. And, and that is, remember, an employee has the right to file a claim. So if they bring up and they want to file a claim, let them file yep. a claim. File the claim. Yeah, just
1: go ahead and file the claim. Don't do anything. Don't say anything. Just say, here's the, f- the claim paperwork, and then let the insurance company handle it from there on out. That's what you do. If the insurance company calls you up and asks you questions, you answer them honestly saying, this was our procedure for handling what we felt made these um, people safe. Definitely. Definitely. Just work with it. Just turn it in. Don't try to tell someone, ah, no, you can't do that. It's not covered. No. Good advice, guys. Transfer that. <laughs> transfer the risk of that to somebody else. That's what the insurance company is for.
0: Yep, that's why we buy the workers' comp in the first place. Yep. All right. You've been listening to Insurance Talk again with Cherie Martinen, Rex Lisser, and our special guest, Edward Martinen. He is a professor in human resources um sorry professional sorry professional <laughs> in human resources i could call him a professor okay I could, yeah
1: professor,
2: H- okay. Okay. <laughs> hey, hey, professor
0: he's been working in hr for over nine years now for a couple of different companies and he's been doing a great job with us teaching us all i think a little something about how we can be safer
1: yeah thank you ed thank you for being thank here thank you
0: ed mm-hmm. If you have any questions about your commercial business, please give Bancorp Insurance a call at
1: 1-800-452-6826.
0: Or you can find us online at BancorpInsurance.com. We might be sitting at home because of COVID, but we're still answering the phones every day and all of the emails and information that you get online as well. We'll hope to see you back in the office maybe next month.